Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back to Life Radio. My name is Paul Frazier. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I think that everybody can relate to. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people can relate to. The person I have here with me today is my special co-host today. She's Sandra Beck, and she sure can relate to this topic. How are you doing, Sandra? Great, Paul. Thanks for having me today. You bet. So the topic we're going to talk today about aging parents. We all can relate to that. I think a lot of people can relate to having aging parents. May they be at home or may they be in a facility? The question is, is how do we take care of them and how do we keep ourselves sane while taking care of them? So, Sandra, I know you live with your with your uh, your dad lives with you, I should say. Um, Tell me what is the tribulations with with that with what are the trials with that well i think one of the aging parenting yeah one of the things i think is the hardest is the shift that you go from child and being taken care of to the caregiver and i think that was a particularly hard transition for me and my dad my dad is is you know prior military and he's 87 years old and he's very independent he's very uh driven so for him to have to come to his daughter's house and live um that i think is really a hard thing to do because he's always taken care of his kids he took a lot of pride in fathership so to have the tides turned as he's gotten older was i think a very difficult transition yeah and you know not only that but do you think this is possible that their world gets smaller as they age? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so they they lose basically control of a lot of things that they had control of, like let's say driving or let's say um, paying bills, let's just say. But I oh, mean, money, you know, driving, yeah. Yeah. medication. You know, whether you take it or not, nutrition, what do you eat or not? You know, when you're younger, you have all this freedom to do what you want. When you become very elderly, there's restrictions in your diet. There's medications to take during the day. And these things really make you feel very much so like you're not in control of your own life. I hear my father say that, you know very regularly and then as his memory has started to kind of go back and forth we Mm -hmm. have good days and bad days so it's very inconsistent and that's disconcerting for everybody so not only are you the daughter you are also now got in the spot to where you are the caregiver yes and how is that transition going for you i mean that must have been just Pretty surprising. And also, did were there people in your family that were fighting over who should take care of him or not, or not um, really? 
Well, it, it transitioned very organically. Um, you know, I was divorced when my kids were very young. My ex-husband left when my kids were three months old and two and a half years old. So I found myself suddenly single and uh, and fully supportive, you know, no child support, no anything. In fact, I had to pay out a lump sum. So that was really hard for me. And my mom was sure. sick with cancer at the time and she passed away. And mm -hmm. because I needed to work and support my family and my kids were so young out here in California, if your kid's not out of diapers, you're really limited in where you can put your kid during the workday and you're limited in what you can afford because it's terribly expensive. So it became the logical thing because at that time, my dad was only 77. So okay. he could you know, we made the decision as of an extended family, my brothers and sisters and I, that dad would come and live with me. And so I rearranged my house. I made a room for him. I doubled up on kids and my office. So I did work from home, but you can't work from home with a toddler and a, you know, a little one. Um, yeah. And so my dad was a great help. He would get up in the morning. He would make breakfast. He would make their lunches. He could mm. drive them to school. You know, we're only a mile away from the middle school, the elementary school, and the high school, all in different directions. But he could take them. He could pick them up after school. He could run them to soccer and to dance and to basketball. So those were things I couldn't do because I was working. And my work requires a lot of travel. I fly to New York four or five times a year. I go to Minnesota once or twice a year, uh, Texas, Arizona, all these different places that I need to travel to and Oregon as part of my job. So when I would leave, I didn't have to pay for childcare. I didn't have to leave my kids with friends. You know, my dad was here and I would just go off to work almost like a wife, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, an old man wife and, um, he, so, he did the laundry, you know, he helped out a ton. Cool. So when did, um, so when did your dad move into your house? 11 years ago, 11 years ago. So he was pretty well, um, did he, was that his, was he, that his choice to move yes. in? Yes. And it, it was, was great because he had a lot of, you know, usefulness. He got a lot of pride in what he was doing. And then as my kids aged out of care, he aged into care. Oh, okay. So when did you see that him, well, let's just say declining when, I mean, how long has it been since he moved into your house? that he started declining. He declined about year five. So we oh, had, you know, and that was actually great because then my kids, you know, as he was starting his decline, my kids were starting to get 10, 11, 12 years old so mm -hmm. that they could be more independent. And, um, you know, now five years later than that, my kids are 17 and 14 and they are, they help me take care of my, yeah. my dad. Right, right. It must be hard for him because he was an ex-military guy to succumb to, as they say, age. Um, and age is a hard thing. Age, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. We're all gonna go through it. One of these, yeah. you know, through our lives. But I tell you what, it's it's. To tell you the truth, Sandra, it sucks. It, it really sucks because I can't. I mean, I can't even use my phone right 
and I have my grandson who uses my phone now better than I do. He teaches me everything. And I'm beginning to succumb to age, and I'm looking at my dad. Now, here's the thing. I have a, a question to ask you, Sandra. <clears throat> my dad, I thought, felt he was getting worse when my mom died. Um, he seemed to be getting a lot worse when my mom died. He seemed to be forgetting a lot of more things. Um, his directional when he's driving and stuff like that. But when she passed away, she's, he seemed to decline quicker than, than what I imagined when she was a living. So is that the same? Was that the same with your dad or no? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the process of grieving, especially, you know, from a long-term relationship, you know, my parents were married, you know, 50 some odd years and uh-huh. that, that it was about a two, three year span of time that my dad was very much non-functional. You know, he would go into his room and I could find the tissues. You know, he cried a lot. He was very disoriented. You know, a lot of our identity, Paul, comes from kind of what we do, who we're with, where we live. You know, I'm a New Yorker, but I live in California. You know, I'm a mom. You know, we have all these labels that help define us. And I remember having a conversation with my dad after my mom passed. And he's like, well, I guess I'm single now. And I said, you're only single if you want to think of yourself as single. You know, you and mom were married for 50 years. You are still married to her, even though she's passed on. You know, that's your choice. Um, You know, so I think it's important to have these discussions with your elder because, Mm -hmm. you know, when my dad was was worried about not being useful and valuable because the kids you know, we're doing more for him than he was for them. That made him feel really bad. And I had a conversation with him and I said, dad, you're helping to grow these boys into men. And, you know, you can do them for things for them and keep them in the child state. Or now that they're teenage boys, you know, look at the pride Max gets to when he drives you to Lowe's. You know, and so I think it's a lot in how you frame it and how you look at it. He could look at, oh, I'm old, I'm dying, my kids are doing everything for me now, my grandkids have to help me. Or he could say, this is the natural order of life and look at the pride my grandsons get in taking care of their grandpa. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Because my dad, like I said, he was declining when my mom died. And he is very, very controlling. He's a very controlling man, and he doesn't like to be told what to do and all this stuff. So, and he still lives alone in in a big house, and he still lives alone. He's got stairs and everything. So, you know, I'm kind of worried about him because who's going to be there when something happens to him? You know, I mean, and he won't wear the thing around his neck that you can push the button and someone no. will come because. Yeah. He's he's that can you know he doesn't want to wear hearing aids because he he doesn't feel I mean he's very 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 what's the word I'm looking for very um he cares about his look and he cares about his his well being but I mean he can't hear anything and so it just drives me crazy but I tell you when we um when we get older we get a lot more crankier I tell you that. <laughs> Because we lose our patience a lot easier than when we were uh, kids. But I, 
I noticed that in my dad that he loses his patience a lot quicker and a lot faster now than he did when he was not quite as that old. But he's 87 years old and he's still living at home. So, so when we come back, we're going to touch more on this subject of aging. I know how everybody likes to hear that. So I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank BZ Trans System, the makers of the premium transfer board. You can go to their website at bzboards.com. That's B-E-A-S-Y boards.com. And by Copper Touch. Put the power of copper in your hands today at coppertouch.com. Back to Life Radio. We'll be right back after this. Back to Life Radio after these messages. Caregivers and healthcare professionals risk injury moving people from one surface to another. Moving a person can put a strain on your back and neck or put a patient at risk. That's where BZ Premium Transfer Systems reduce the risk of injury and allow you to transfer patients up to 400 pounds. Instead of lifting and straining, BZ allows you to slide and glide your patient, family, or friend. There is a better way. Thanks to BZ, it's so easy. When you need clean hands and water is scarce, it's Copper Touch to the rescue. Kills up to 94% of germs and is made of 99.9% of antimicrobial copper. Isn't it time you made the switch from messy, inconvenient sanitizers? You have a lifetime of germ protection when you have the Copper Touch. Visit coppertouch.com. Moving a person can put a strain on your back and neck and put a patient at risk. Caregivers and health professionals risk injury moving people from one surface to another. That's where BZ Premium Transfer Systems reduce the risk of injury and allow you to transfer patients up to 400 pounds. Visit bzboards.com. Thanks to BZ, it's so easy. We're back with more from Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hello and welcome back to Back to Life Radio. We were talking about the aging process and parents and taking care of parents that are aging. And um, I was talking to Sandra before we left about aging parents because she has one and I have one that is still living by himself. So it's kind of nerve wracking. But did you know, Sandra, that 44.6% of people, the average number of hours per week a spouse or a partner spends caring for a loved one, 44.6 hours a week. That's that's a full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I see these caregivers. Now, what do you think about having people come into the home? Or what do you, do you think that makes it a lot easier? Does that put on a lot of stress? Do you think that puts a lot of stress on the on the patient to have this stranger come into the house, or do you think it's better to have uh, a sibling care for the for the for the pay, for your mom and, or for your dad or whatever? I think you need both. You know, I've had caregivers come in. You know, when I go on uh, vacation, you know, and I need, or I go on a work travel. You know, I have either friends or caregivers come in. I, I arrange for meals. Uh, the upside of having somebody come in, it's really great for your elder to have 
somebody to talk to different, you know, that's, that's a, a, a new voice, a new yeah. thing, you know, that's, that's very exciting for somebody, or it could be very overwhelming and intimidating. You have to know the personality, you know, that you're taking care of with family help. There's a upside and a downside to this with family help. There's a familiarity and a mm-hmm. uh, ease of that, but with family help, there comes often lots of helpful advice that sounds like judgment. And that was one of the things that I struggled with my siblings trying to help me, especially they live all over the country. There was a lot of shoulds. You should do this. Hey, you know what? I had this great idea for dad. You should do this. You should do that. Well, in a perfect world, if I had like 9,000 hours in the week and I didn't have to work and take care of two kids, and mm-hmm. I got paid for caregiving, maybe that would be the case. But there's a lot of advice given among family members and a lot of discussion over what is the best care. And I'll give you a quick example. I have one sure. sister who's like, you know what? Dad's 88. Let him eat what he wants. Then I have another sister who's a nurse and she's like, well, he can't. He's a full blown diabetic that can make him very sick. And that would make it hard on Sam taking care of him. So you know, just the the discussion of letting somebody eat what they want, um, that can make it harder for the caregiver. So, so you, you know, these are big issues. Right. So um, do you have to watch what he, do you watch what he eats, right? Absolutely. Okay. So is he on, he's on, is he on medication too? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. So do you have him enrolled in any programs because i i don't have my dad enrolled in many programs like adult programs you know no there's really not anything near us where i live and you know with covid everything's been closed so you know that really wasn't now one of the things i do do though is i have arranged a phone call schedule so Mm -hmm. every day at one o'clock my uncle gary calls my aunt ruth calls tuesday and thursdays my oldest brother calls every day at four my sister calls monday wednesday and friday you know just little 15 minute calls So he gets a lot of stimulation and a lot of connection with people, you know, especially when we can't visit. So is he still pretty active then? Um, yeah, fine active. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is he still, um, can he go out for walks and stuff like that? He could, but he won't. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. So, Yeah. Um, my dad does the same thing. He doesn't, uh, he used to go walking around, but now he needs a hip replacement. And that's another thing, you know, when aging comes, you get a lot of stuff going on with your body. And I wonder, you know, he's 87 years old, hip replacement. I know it's a, you know, they could do it in their sleep and stuff, but there's still a lot of concern about that for his age. So whenever you go into the hospital at a certain age, there's always that big concern, you know? Oh, I tell you, this aging thing, I wish I could invent something that could turn this aging process around because it is not, I mean, it hurts. I mean, I used to get out of jump out of bed. Now I can't even get out of bed because it hurts. My back hurts so bad. But I mean, that's just what we got to go through, right? I mean, it's all, it's all a part of aging. Well, there's some programs out there, Sandra, that people have enrolled in and I was just wondering if I could give them some ideas, you know, uh, programs people can enroll. So 
the thing is here, enroll your older adult in an adult day program, socializing with other people and care, the care for them, much needed rest, you know, for like uh, if they like to go play bingo or something like that, or drive them over to see a couple of friends or something like that, something that'll keep them busy. Hire in-home caregiving, we were just talking about that. So that gives the people, the, the, uh, the caregiver, which is you, gives you a break so you can get done with all your stuff. So yeah, hire in a home caregiving if you trust them and you think that they're gonna be okay with your parents and stuff, hire them out. Find a volunteer senior companion program in your area. That's interesting, I never heard of that before. Or use a respite, a respite care service to get a longer break. Sign up, well yeah, this is, now have you done this, Sandra, sign up for meal delivery service for meals um, like meals on wheels and stuff like no, that. No, I, I haven't done that. I've I because I have to cook for my two kids and myself, it's really not that much to cook. You know, I just make sure I don't salt my dad's stuff or you know what we try to make meals for him that he can eat. Right. My dad, my wife makes my dad's meals for him and because he likes homemade stuff and she bring I bring it over to him all the time, at least twice a week. And he's just like, he can't get over it. So, I mean, he usually, you know, he doesn't go out that much. He doesn't go out to eat. Well, now he can't now, but I mean, in grocery shopping for him, he calls me all the time and asks me to talk to Stacy to see if this is the right stuff he should buy. Because when he buys hot dogs, Sandra, <laughs> He buys the stuff that's not even cooked yet, and then he puts it in the microwave, <laughs> and it's raw, you know. So <laughs> you got to buy stuff that's already cooked. So I, I tell, I tell him that. So it's, it's kind of funny. So buying, uh, also buy caregiving and household supplies in bulk. That's a good idea for better. Order online, home delivery. Yeah, we just talked about that. Eliminate errands as much as possible to save you and your caregivers energy. So that is very important stuff. And you can uh, think about that stuff if you guys are out there thinking about stuff to do with your elder parent who's living with you. Is there's some there's some ideas for you. So so now we're going. So I like just want to say this about aging. It happens to us all the time. But you know what? I don't think my dad or maybe your dad would want to be put into a nursing home. I I don't I don't downplay those people. I mean, I don't I don't there's nothing against the nursing home, but I think they lose you think they lose no control at home. You think they're losing their faculties right now. I think they decline much faster in a nursing home. What do you think, Sandra? No, I I, I don't think that's the case. You know, having okay. had family go into nursing care, you know, St. Anne's in Rochester is one of the places uh -huh. that cared for my family. There comes a point, Paul, when the caregiver can't care for the parent anymore, you right. know, whether it's because of their own illness, you know, I had to face this when I was diagnosed with cancer last year and had to go through treatment, you know, can I reasonably take care of myself and my dad? So, you know, then there's a lot of feelings on the other side that it's like, you know what, you need to take care of yourself, Sam, you have two kids to support, you know, maybe I should go into a facility, um, you know, or get some, some nursing care. So there's all sorts of different 
thoughts around that. And, you know, what's better for, for me to get sicker, to take care of my dad. So, you know, he doesn't have to go into a home. You know, my grandmother, we put her in a home after my grandfather died because my mother had, you know, four children and we didn't have any facility, no room to bring her into our house. She loved it. She loved the social time. She was a very social person. She enjoyed bingo. She enjoyed the piano music, you know, all these different things. It really depends on the person and the facility and finding the right match. Yeah. My dad said, no, he said, don't, don't you ever do that. I want to, so we would have to hire somebody to come into the house and do it. But um, that may be an option, but that may not be an option for most people financially. Right. 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 So, yeah. So I, yeah, we're going to have to make a decision on that one too. Right. And caregivers are not easy to find, you know, and if, if if the parent is angry or uncooperative, then the caregivers will quit. Yeah. You know, I had a relative like that as well, and we could not keep caregivers in the in the house. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like I tell you, when you get older, you lose. You don't have, you don't have the patience, and you get, you get. Uh, I think you get meaner, and and I just I don't know, but um, it's just it happens to my dad. Where he's he just loses his patience, and when he can't hear. It is the worst because you have to yell and he won't wear those hearing aids. It's just, come on, dad, just put the hearing aids in. Oh, I'm too vain. You know, you're 87 years old, for God's sake. Put the dang hearing aids in, you know? (laughs) You know, that's a, yeah, that's a hard one. My father, it took me probably two years until he finally would go to the VA and get his hearing checked and get his hearing aids. And then when we finally got him, there was, they were sitting on the counter, you know, in the charger for a long time. And then it was very funny because one day at dinner, the kids were talking and they were joking about how dad, grandpa can't hear anything anymore. And my dad after dinner said, what were the kids laughing about? And they kept looking at me. I said, dad, they were laughing at you, not unkindly, but that you can't hear anything anymore. And if you don't put your hearing aids in, what's the point of talking to you? And I think that I I know it upset him and I felt really bad, but he has worn his hearing aids ever since. Yeah, I wish that would have happened with my dad because you're right. You're absolutely right. When they can't hear, they get more angrier. And then people around them feel like, oh, I don't want to be around him. He's just too mean, you know? So, yeah, I mean, they're from the old school. These these guys are from the old school. They don't think that they need anything and they want to be independent as much as possible. But, you know, it's hard for them to reach out and get help. You know what I mean? It's just they don't they don't. They don't want to reach out and get help that much, and they think they can keep doing it themselves. But that's why that's why we have kids. That's why they help they help us. So yeah, you know, and I think it's you know, and it's important for the caregiver. The most important advice I can give someone after caregiving for you know eleven almost eleven years with my dad, um, it is just get enough sleep. Yeah, it's it's, that's the one thing that'll make all the difference in your ability to take care of your your elder. Yep. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today on Back to Life Radio. My sponsors are BZ Tram Systems, BZ Boards, B-E-A-S-Y Boards.com and by Copper Touch, coppertouch.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Sandra, on Back to Life Radio.
On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier, and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.bzboards.com and join us next time on Back to Life Radio. Thank you.